Welcome to the Revenge Body Podcast. I'm Maverick Willett, and I've helped thousands of divorcees and single moms get snatched waist, jaw-dropping booties, and confidence that captivates the attention of men in every room, all without dieting, cutting carbs, giving up wine night, or starving yourself. What's going on, you amazing ladies? It's episode 12 of the Revenge Body Podcast, and today I'm going to go off the topic of nutrition a little bit fat loss, stuff like that. And I'm going to talk about, well, first I'm going to give a little life update, super brief. If you guys don't want me to give life updates, just shoot me a DM on Instagram and I won't do it anymore. And then I'm going to go into talk about co-parenting, something that I think a lot of us can relate with. And just talk about my experience with creating a healthy dynamic with co-parenting with Denver's mom and and some of the things that we do to, some of the things that we struggled with and some of the things that we do now to, to create a healthy dynamic to where you know, we're, we're doing what's best for Denver and, and we're maintaining a relationship that allows us to communicate and, and best meet his needs as a duo. So quick life update, a quick caffeine. Caffeine's a hell of a drug, y'all. Ooh, those of you who have tried to quit or have successfully quit know exactly what I'm talking about. The brain fog that hits you when you quit caffeine. It is crazy. I mean, it's crazy the effects that that drug has on the mind and your productivity. I mean, it's responsible for the industrial revolution, pretty much. I mean, it, it drastically increased working hours and, and productivity during that capitalism boom. Um, it's been around since before recorded history when people were eating it from plants and stuff like that. But it is amazing the the effects that it has once you get used to it and the withdrawal can be very severe. So I'm going through that right now. I think I'm through the worst of it. It's been like maybe a week and a half, almost two weeks. I will give this little super anecdotal holistic secret that I use to help. Now, disclaimer, consult a physician before you do anything I'm about to tell you that I do. Be palm. Oh, and if you are pregnant, nursing, etc., do not mess with bee pollen. Okay. Just don't do it. There's a bacteria in there that children are not supposed to have. Okay. I just I just learned that recently. Just want to make that disclaimer as well. But if you are not and you are, you know, wanting to try bee pollen. I, it's something that I believe has helped me with the caffeine withdrawals. It gives me a really natural energy. Supposedly, it's one of the most nutrient-dense substances on the planet with over, over 700 nutrients. I've been trying to I do a... And it's legit. I get it from a farmer's market, this guy that has figured out a way to liquefy it. Because you know most bee pollen is really granular and hard to consume, but he's figured out a way to, to liquefy it. And so I put a little bit under my tongue because supposedly it, it absorbs best that way. And I swear it's it's helped me overcome the withdrawals from from you know abstaining from caffeine. And I, I so if you want to try that, you know, just just so you know, again, not if you're pregnant, not if you're nursing, none of that. Um, if you're not if you're if you're anywhere near a pregnancy or postpartum stage, don't don't do it. Um, other than that, so you know that's that's how that's been going. My productivity has been very frustrating recently. It's just I've been in a, my, a creative fog. I haven't been able to. Think of funny ideas as much as I was, but I know that that will come back in time as I my body re-regulates itself, my adrenal glands recover. And I didn't realize how heavy of a user I was. I was drinking, gosh, 18 ounces of, of dark, strong coffee. And there was a supplement I was taking that had 150 milligrams additional caffeine in it. So I was heavy. And some days I would take pre-workout as well. And that was just too much. That was making my workouts terrible. That was causing me to dehydrate and just wasn't, wasn't good. So Anyway, I'm really looking forward to how my body responds to not having the caffeine in my system. I will say I just got blood work done. I get quarterly blood work done because I'm on hormone replacement therapy with a company called Androgenics. They're a local anti-aging clinic. And best blood work I've had in a decade, I believe. 
Cholesterol is great. Liver is great. Everything is awesome. Clean bill of health, which feels great because that wasn't the case like in my 20s when I was abusing performance-enhancing drugs and stuff. Like, Well, I wouldn't say abusing. I did use them in excess, but I don't... Since I had a large knowledge on those substances, I wouldn't say that I abused them. I did use them in large amounts here and there. I, lo- I loved to experiment on myself, those things, my 20s. And I don't know if I regret it, but I do wish I had done more research into the cognitive effects of those drugs. I do think they exacerbated certain tendencies and certain thought patterns that were damaging my relationship at the, at the time unknowingly. And then, so let's see, that's clean, let's see, clean blood work, stop caffeine. Denver's in preschool, as most of you know. He turns three in April. He's a Taurus. No, I'm just kidding. Let's not even, don't even go there with the Zodiac shit. Miss me with that Zodiac shit. I take ownership of my behavior. I don't blame the stars. Just kidding. Zodiac warriors out there. Anyway, he's, he turns three next month and he, uh, he's crushing it, man. He's so smart. He's so smart. We have full on conversations. It's amazing how smart that boy is. And he's so damn tall. God, he's tall. He's like five feet tall already. He's, he just towers over everybody at school. It's hilarious. Everybody thinks he's like five, six years old. Those of you that have large kids know exactly what I'm talking about, you know? And I was never that big. I was a runt. Believe it or not, I was a runt until I was in like seventh, eighth grade. I think I had a six inch growth spurt going into high school. So I went from being the smallest kid on the basketball team to the tallest kid, which helped me a lot. But, I, you know, I was never as big as Denver is. So he has potential to be a very, very large boy. His mom is, is also tall. So he's, he's got potential to be. The next strong, world's strongest man. Other than that, Maverick Online Coaching, thriving as always. We are crushing it. The team is amazing. I love the group of women I have on our coaching team. They're just, they're all just, just so talented and so smart and so competent and skilled at coaching women. I mean, the results our clients are getting is is unreal. And this is not a sales pitch, y'all. This is just me speaking authentically about my business. I mean, I, it's it's a huge part of my life, and I spend the majority of my time working with my, my team, my coaching team. You know, I, I don't personally work with clients. It's my coaching team doing all the coaching. They deserve all the credit for the, all the transformations you see on my story on Instagram and elsewhere on the testimonials. That's all them. They're, they're turning those out because they're just, they're so good at what they do. And we have a great, great personality mix. Everyone has these respective gifts and, and respective education they've gotten. You know, we've got a biomedical scientist. We've got a doctor of naturopathic medicine. We've got three nurses. I mean, we've got, it's the A team pretty much. And they're just so good at what they do. I love working with them. We have a team meeting every Sunday and or every other Sunday. And uh, we get to swap ideas, talk about you know what clients are struggling with and talk about ways to overcome that. And uh, the perspective gained is always really, really cool and impactful. So, and then, uh, yeah, I'm just producing content. I'm dating myself. If you guys don't quit asking me, like if I'm single on Instagram or if I'm where so-and-so on Instagram, y'all, it's been a month and a half, almost two months. Y'all know what happened. Y'all just being nosy, okay? Anyway, dating myself for the first time in almost a decade, which is much needed. I haven't been single for any stretch of time between relationships ever. I've, I've always over, I've, I've either overlapped, which is real bad, or I have just gone right into another relationship because I couldn't stand to be alone because I didn't like who I was. So, you know, lots of therapy and healing and growth has led me to like who I am. I do like who I am now. I'm pretty cool. I'm funny. I make myself laugh now. So I'm just spending time with myself. I'm learning what it is I like to do. Once I stop getting tattooed, I'm going to start scuba diving again, which is something I really enjoy doing. Going to the gun range, something I love to do. I just started drum lessons because I have a natural affinity for drums and I'm picking it up really fast. So that's exciting. I already play guitar, as a lot of you know, but picked up drums. I am decorating my home. So I'm getting art. And I went to an art exhibit recently and 
I was just baffled at how much art costs. And I don't get it. Those of you who get art, please don't hate me for this. But like, I, I just, I will never understand how someone can splatter a bunch of shit on a canvas. Again, this is from my perspective, someone who doesn't understand art. I acknowledge that I just don't understand it. But it's lost on me how someone can splatter a bunch of colors on, on a canvas and then charge $20,000 for it. $20,000. And I'm like, I'm no artist, but and I feel like a lot of people say this. I feel like people that don't understand art say this, like myself, but I, I just don't get it how you can charge $20,000 for something that looks like Denver could do. I don't, and that's not an insult to the artist either. Again, I just don't understand it. It's just a concept I have not grasped. I don't have an appreciation for it because I, I don't get it. So I went another route and found a, found a super cool chick on Instagram. Invader Girl is her name. Invader Girl Art. Uh, she does a lot of military-esque art. And so I messaged her and she did a commission for me, a Winter Soldier, who's from Marvel. He's Bucky Barnes, Captain America's best friend, Steve Rogers' best friend, I'm a Marvel nerd. I think most of you know that by now. And so she did a really good job. I'm going to hang that up. I just got it yesterday. Today is what? Tuesday, the 28th. I'm recording this. So yeah, lots of lots of Marvel art on the way. <laughs> I'm going to put that in the office and then redoing the rest of my house, living room, bedroom, stuff like that. So that, that's a project. I'm trying to make time to read and learn. I had a conversation with a good friend of mine named Natasha. Natasha Starczewski. She's been a friend of mine for, God, four years now. And uh, she has a fantastically successful business of her own. So we've been business peers for a very long time. And that's someone I really, really respect. And we were talking about, you know, you kind of plateau. <laughs> this sounds really simple now that I'm saying it out loud, but you plateau in your progress and success when you stop reading and learning, right? Like we, in a business, you know, you progress so far and your business progress mirrors your personal progress, 100%. Like the more you develop as a person, the more your business will develop if you're a business owner. But for me, you know, I, I've not plateaued, but I've kind of been in the same place now for a few months. And, you know, one of the things, one of the bits of wisdom she gave me was, well, you know, you're, a lot of times when, when I plateaued in my business, it was because I was not learning anything new and I wasn't reading and I wasn't getting new perspective. I was kind of doing the same thing over and over expecting new results. And it dawned on me, yeah, I haven't read a lot in a while. So downloaded a book uh, called Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. I'm highly recommended. I'm going to check that out. I got the audio. When I read, I do the Audible and the Kindle at the same time. I retain it better. If I just listen to it, I don't really retain it. If I just read it, I don't really retain it. But if I do both at once, I retain it better. A little hack for y'all. Yes, you got to buy two different things, but it makes you... I'm, I'm of the opinion that I would much rather be very selective about what I read and then read one book or two books per you know three to six months and retain all of it and implement all of it, even more importantly then read a shit ton of books and not retain all of it and not implement hardly any of it. And I know people that read like 50 books a year, but they don't implement anything. And the difference between what you know and what you don't know and what is what you live. So if you, and, and someone really wise once told me that learning means exhibiting new behavior under different circumstances, which I think is amazing. Because if you think about it, if you learn something new, but you don't do anything different with that knowledge, did you really learn it? You know? So I'm really big on reading books and, and re retaining it and implementing 100% of it. I think that is, is more important than reading a ton of books just to say that you did, you know? So that's life. Life is pretty good. I'm, you know, recovering from, recovering from a breakup, recovering from you know, the, the loss and also, you know, just dating myself and doing a lot of things alone and spending a lot of God, a lot of quality time with Denver. Before I get to the co-parenting stuff, I just, man, 
the the quality time that I have gotten with Denver, oh God, it makes me emotional because, you know, I felt like I, I was not getting a lot of that before due to due to being in a relationship. And and that's not to blame anybody. It's just something that, you know, I kind of blame myself. Honestly, I take ownership of that because it just I, I allowed the relationship to eclipse my time with him sometimes. And I knew it was happening in the moment and it hurt me, but now that we're back to having this just awesome one-on-one time, like, God, I, I miss it and, and I'll never let it go again. I'll never let anything come between that again because you only go through this, you know, age one to, to five, one time. And it's so precious. And we do this thing. And I'm sure a lot of you moms can relate to this right now when I tell you this, but like when he gets out of the bath and I've dried him off and we, we, uh, we're putting on his pajamas, we do this thing where I act like his, I'm putting his pants on, I act like his legs, the... I like the pant leg keeps eating his foot and I'll make like the chomping sound like and he just laughs his ass off and we sit there and laugh together and just act like his pant leg keeps eating his foot and throwing it back up and and I'll just we we get into like a tickle war and then we'll wrestle for a while and you know uh, he's still that size where I can you know throw him around and pick him up and it's just it's so fun We're, we're both kids in that moment and the little things you know the little they say the funniest things they say the funniest things we were coming out of the, we were coming out of preschool today, and we were walking by a door that had a doorstop, and the doorstop was brown. And he goes, "Dada, there's poop." And I was like, "What?" He's like, "There's look, there's poop," because I guess the doorstop kind of looked like a turd. And he made sure everyone knew. He's like, "He's like, hey, there's poop, there's poop." And I was like, "Denver, that's not poop. That's a doorstop. It's a doorstop, buddy." And that's, that was hilarious. Just he was so adamant that it was poop and dada had to confirm that it, it is upon further inspection dada confirmed that it was indeed a doorstop just stuff like that just the simple stuff that we take for granted because we have these soul-sucking devices in our hand 24 7 that's another thing i struggled with was getting the fuck off my phone you know when he's here i have a tendency to to you know be like oh my god i don't want to miss an email i don't want to miss a client message or a message from one of my coaches or one of my assistants like i don't want to miss anything you know what if i miss something and Learning that none of that shit fucking matters in a day. What matters is is this beautiful child and the things he's trying to express to me. You know, so I'd, I've done a hell of a lot better with just throwing my phone in my bedroom and locking the door so I don't go in there because we we have such a pull to it, such an attachment to it. So, really, really appreciative of of my awareness of that and my ability to, to separate and, and spend some quality time with him. It's been great. Just, God, there's so many present moments. That's when I'm a true self is when I'm with him and, and my heart just swells. You know, nothing better than being a dad. I can love it, man. I look forward so much to going and getting him and bringing him here. And So on that note, let's, let's talk about co-parenting, talking about going and getting him and bringing him here. You know, and I, I'm not going to, I'm very grateful for the relationship that his mother and I have. We've had our ups and downs as any co-parenting relationship will. And I will still go as far as to say we have probably the 99th percentile great co-parenting relationship. And I'm very thankful for that. There's some things that we've done, I think, that have set us up for success in that regard. And first of which is, no matter what was going on between her and I, we've always, we've always communicated very well about Denver. Whether it was school, the doctor. I mean, I'm sure there were times where she was probably angry with me, but still would tell me, hey, Denver's got a cough. I'm taking him to Dr. Beatty. Do you want to be there? 
we're going at this time, et cetera. Like she's always done a great job of that. And let me just give her kudos as well, because she's just a great mom. She's an amazing mom. Takes such good care of that boy. Jesus. Remembers all the things I forget. Always. So I give her a ton of credit just for being an, an amazing parent herself. But she, you know, we've always done a great job of that. You know, if he grows up or something, I make sure, hey, listen, he, you know, he threw up or if he falls and he gets a boo-boo or whatever it is, you know, I, we, we, we have this app. This is a big thing that I suggest for, for co-parents. If, if this is something that you're, you know, you can swing with your co-parent, if you're in that type of situation, Marco Polo is a great app for sending videos. And this was really key early on when we were like, you know, we had just separated and we were going through the, you know, the, the, the parenting plan and the, the time sharing. And, you know, it was a huge new dynamic for Denver to leave the nest, so to speak, and come stay with me. And so we used Marco Polo to send videos back and forth of him and that really made us feel a lot better because, you know, you, you miss them. You miss them when they're not there. It's like a void is, is opened and, and you're, you're, a piece of you is gone, you know? You know, the little pitter-pattering of his footsteps behind me. It's like, it's, like deafeningly, it's like deafeningly silent when he leaves the house because he's no longer walking around right behind me. He's not talking, you know, and it's just like so quiet. So like when I get a video of him, you know, at, at his mom's house, then it's, it lights up my day and same for her, you know? And, and so we, we, we did that a lot early on. If he was doing something new, you know, we don't want to miss out on that. So it's a way to, to now you don't have to be excessive about it. And as, as time has gone on, we've done it less. I think that, you know, communication around that, like what's reasonable if it's one video a day or whatever it is, I think that there's, there needs to be a compromise because, you know, I, it's, you can be excessive and, and expect, you know, a ton of videos all day, every day, but there's a healthy amount obviously. And and now what we do is after I pick him up from school or she picks him up from school, we send a Marco Polo video to each other and give a rundown of what the teacher said so that we keep each other in the loop on that. And it's just a really cool way to to give a visual update on how your child or children are doing, you know? So that's something we've done from jump. And I'm really appreciative of that because there's been so many things like, for instance, you know, we've been potty training and he he listen. He listens to me more, and I think that's normal for boys because I'm more intimidating. I'm a more physically imposing presence, and you know, you moms are usually softies. You know, you're usually softies, and and that's not a bad thing. You're the more nurturing presence, right? Which is natural. Whereas dads are a little more intimidating and, and demand a little more, command a little more respect just with their presence early on with boys. And this is just my experience, and this was my experience as a child as well. But you know, he mom has a little harder time with him getting him to do certain things like potty training and stuff like that. He's a little more resistant. So he went potty, you know, he went pee on the potty for the first time over here. And I made sure that we actually FaceTimed her when that happened. But the, the leading up to it, I sent a bunch of Marco Polo so that she felt like she was a part of it, you know? And, and that's just an integral move, I think. And it's something that we've always done. She does the same thing. Like first time he ever saw a monster truck in person, you know, she made sure she sent me that. And and so I'm really appreciative of that. And it's something that I highly recommend those of you who are going through that, just so that you can get a little bit more of a glimpse into, you know, what they're doing and how, they, how they're doing. Even if just one video a day, it's a video you wouldn't have gotten otherwise, you know? Another thing we did, especially early, early on, was the baby camera. Now, this is something that obviously I'm not, you know, if this doesn't work for, for your situation, then, then don't. It's something that we did. And I think that it helped us just being able, you know, those lonely nights when you don't have them. 
being able to check in on him and watch him sleep, you know, <laughs> and then make sure he's doing okay. I know I've done it. I don't know how much his mother checks on him, but I, I do it periodically just to just to see him, just to see him sleeping peacefully. It's not that I'm checking to make sure, you know check on her because you can only see the crib anyway. It's just to to make sure that or just to see him, just just to see him and and, and feel him in your heart for a sec. You know, for me, that's what it feels like. I'm just getting to watch him for a sec. You know. And I miss him. Boundaries are important. This is the more difficult thing. You know, boundaries are important. And, you know, his mother and I are human and, and we've, we're doing our very best to navigate things. Like, for instance, when you start dating, right? You know, one, one challenge for us was talking about when Denver should meet someone or when, you know, and, and that was really hard because none, neither one of us really had the best answer for it. We didn't know, you know, and, realistically it's like it's up to the it's up to that parent right but you know you also want to respect the other parent in a healthy dynamic at least at least i did and and i know you know she does as well and so that but that was difficult for us you know there were some tense conversations there were some uncomfortable conversations there were some uncomfortable things and you know we got through it and you know there's an understanding now you know i think the trust is just put in the other parent like whoever is dating someone, the, the trust is put in them to make the best decision for the child, you know, and, and the other person has to just trust that that's, that's going to be in their best interest. And I think that that's the golden rule at the end of the day. You want to do what's in the best interest of the, of the child, ultimately, you know, obviously you have a life you got to live, right? You have a life, you have a right to date, you have a right to meet people and bring them into your home and stuff like that. But you also don't want to confuse the child and provide an environment that's you know, off kilter or dysfunctional, you know, so, so it's, it's hard. It's hard for everybody, but, you know, we just communicate the best we can. I will say that, you know, one thing that we both committed to was if we have a disagreement, we would rather get a third party involved in, in that conversation. We haven't had to do this yet, but we, we, we agreed that we would have, you know, a third party involved if we were going to have a conversation that, you know, was, was tense, you know, something that maybe we both disagreed on or something like that rather than let it escalate into something unhealthy and arguing and stuff like that, you know? Because when you have a past with somebody or a history of, of romance and and then, you know, it falling apart for whatever reason, you know, it's it's sometimes those things, those triggers come back up. Those those whole those those wounds are are picked at in those moments. And it's easy to get triggered and, and get activated and go into those those tense arguments. So having a third party present for those conversations, whether it's school or whether it's, you know, some something with the time sharing. We call it time sharing in Florida. I guess other states call it custody or whatever. We call it time sharing, which I think is a little more positive. <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for your child and 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 try and be as respectful as you can to the other person and, and communicate. And that's the best you can do. And I and I know that I'm I'm very lucky that I'm able to communicate with you know, the co-parent, I know a lot of you are in situations with like a narcissist or somebody who uses the kids as leverage or uses them as, you know, pawns in a chess game. And that's really fucked up. And I know that, I know that sucks. I can't advocate therapy enough. You know, I mean, you can't make anyone else do it, but I will say that Denver's mother and I both are committed to our therapy and committed to our self-work. And I think that that's a huge contributor to why we're able to communicate and, and do things that, like we do. I will say that, you know, one decision that we made was we wanted to, like, we wanted to mirror each other as best as we could in terms of, like, pick up and drop off. And, you know, we just wanted to make it as fair and as, like, the same as possible. And I think that's important. 
right? I think that sometimes because people are, and I'm, I don't, I'm not applying this to mine and Denver's mother relationship. I'm just talking in general. I think that's, and, and things that I've heard from other, you know, couples, sometimes the, the co-parent thinks they can do extra things because they're the co-parent, right? Like maybe it's like barging into your home or maybe it's like showing up unannounced somewhere like at school or, or like, you know, interrupting you over and over again in a conversation or like, you know, in, anything, anything that would be like a violation of boundaries. I just, I, I advocate that you guys, you know, sometimes you can get so far into the weeds, you can't see these things because it's like, it's commonplace. You're used to your boundaries being stepped on. Therefore, you don't see it happening. You don't see the dysfunction. But I, I implore you all to really, you know, talk to a third party, talk to somebody who has experience with it. And, you know, if your boundaries aren't being respected, have a clear conversation where you set those boundaries. And when you do this, it might cause some friction in the, it probably will. It, you know what? It definitely will. It definitely will cause some friction in the interim, in the short term, when you're figuring it out. Like when you're, when, when you first set a boundary with someone who's used to violating your boundaries. And again, I'm not, this is, doesn't come from my experience. I'm just, this is just boundary talk here. If, if you, when you set that boundary, usually they're going to protest. They're going to try and make you feel bad for it. They're going to weaponize guilt or pity to try and make you feel bad about that boundary. Stick the fuck with it. Don't let up. Set boundaries with people. And this applies to, to everything. But when it comes to parenting and co-parenting, boundaries are extremely important. You have a right to have boundaries. And so do they. They have a right to have boundaries and you cannot cross those boundaries, right? Boundaries have to be respected. And if you think that the boundary is as unreasonable, then get a third party involved. Talk about it, you know? And sometimes there's things you just got to let go. At the end of the day, sometimes there are things that you, if it's not a boundary violation, somebody just being a dick, sometimes you just have to let it go and understand that some people are just addicted to misery. And that is their choice. Your choice can be to choose elevated emotions and practice those elevated emotions every single day. And I know it's hard to let shit go. And I know it's hard to not think about arguments and not think about someone getting the best of you. And it riles you up, you know, you just want to, you just want to like get back out. And again, this isn't, this is not about me. (laughs) I just want to make that abundantly clear. I'm, I'm no longer referring to like mine and Denver's mother's relationship. This is just in general because I, I never want to cast a negative light on, on her because she's awesome. I just want to put that out there. I will always speak highly of her. But w- I know it's hard to, to not want to get back at someone or, 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 or like sometimes we want to like let the world know that someone was a bad person or someone got the best of us, right? But the thing is, if someone's taking advantage of you, And if someone's treating you badly, and if someone is weaponizing guilt, shame, pity, if someone's victimizing themselves and making you the villain, this isn't isolated behavior. This behavior is not isolated to you. They're treating other people like this, and they're going to continue to treat other people like that until they face themselves, until they take ownership of their behavior, right? So you can take solace in that you can choose to heal and grow. And they will continue down that destructive path. Now, we're not wishing them ill. But you're not the only one this is happening to. I guess that's my point, right? But getting back to co-parenting, you know, one thing that I think is, is really important to do as well 
is, you know, be on the same page with the teacher. If once they start preschool and stuff like that, I think it's really important to relay information to the other person about what's going on in school, especially when it comes to like potty training or learning new things or, or like things that events that are coming up. For instance, like Denver's mom does a really good job of letting me know, hey, tomorrow's St. Patty's Day. He's got to wear green. Hey, tomorrow's so-and-so's birthday. He needs to bring candy. Hey, you know, tomorrow's team spirit day. He needs a team spirit shirt. Like he, even though I get an email that tells me all this, I hardly ever see it. And then, she, but she, and she makes sure to let me know. And she knows I'm forgetful. So I think that's important to let the other parent know stuff that's going on at school. Cause you don't want your kid to be there and be the odd person out, like wearing pink on St. Patty's day or some shit, you know? So that's important. My, my parents, God bless my parents. I don't know how my dad got away with this. I would show up to picture day with a wrestling shirt on, like Degeneration X or Stone Cold Steve Austin, black wrestling shirt for my pictures. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Like my parents were super busy with work. So I guess like that must have just slipped through the cracks. But I've got several pictures of me at picture day. Beautiful background, you know, it's a Kodak picture. And then I've got this fucking wrestling shirt, <laughs> which I think is awesome. I don't care, but it's kind of hilarious. You know, that's why you want to be in be in the know on what's going on with school. And this is just preschool. I can only imagine it gets harder, you know, as it gets older. Trying to think if there's anything else I would talk about with co-parenting. I think it comes back to this, y'all. And I'll end with this. Your work on yourself is the greatest gift that you can give your kids and the greatest gift that, the the best way to overcome a tense co-parenting situation. Again, I'm very grateful because our situation's cool. It's peaceful. We communicate. Denver's taken care of like abundantly. So I think for men, I will say this. I think for men, it's really important if you've got kids and you've separated with their mother, how you treat their mother is so important. And I I really, I know majority of people who listen to this are women, 99.9% of you, but this is something maybe you want to play this part for someone that you know. How you treat the mother of your children is so important. I don't even, you know, it's just, it it sets a tone for how your son is going to treat women and what kind of man your daughter is going to date, assuming she's, you know, heterosexual. It's so important. I mean, I, I keep seeing this quote come up on my Instagram. I don't know why it keeps coming up, but it says, think about if your daughter were to date a man like you. If do you smile? No, then change. I keep seeing that. And I do agree with that. I think it's a little extreme because I think a lot of this can be really self-critical, but it's it's the the message there is, you know, you want to be the person that you want. You want to be the man that you'd want your daughter today as far as the traits, right? And for your son, you want to treat your his mother in a way that you want him to treat women and treat people, but Definitely treat treat women, you know, treat partners with respect, communication, right? Patience, compassion, you know, fairness, boundaries, but compassion. It's a fine balance. We can have compassion. We can still set boundaries. And I think that's the thing too, to keep in mind, like if we're going through a really tense situation, maybe you're arguing over custody and it's getting really bad, you know, usually the things that we can't stand about other people, we can't stand about ourselves. Life's a mirror like that. And it may not be a trait that we have now, but a trait that we had at some point. 
And when we think about it that way, when we're like, man, he or she is just doing what I used to do when I would get super angry or feel threatened or feel abandoned or feel any kind of fear, anxiety, whatever. They're exhibiting behavior that unhealed me used to exhibit. And that can help you have compassion for that person. Be like, they're just on their healing journey. You know, they're just trying to figure it out. Yeah, they're being a total dick, (laughs) but they're just trying to figure it out. And at one point I was trying to figure it out. And that can help us have a little more compassion in that situation. Because it's so, it's, because you have a choice there. You can continue to get resentful. You can continue to play all the arguments in your head and want to get back at that person or make them understand how they did you wrong. Or because I mean, because that that's a great way to stay unhappy and resentful and just pissed off all the time. Or you can choose to have compassion. And that's hard. That's the harder choice. It's easy to stay pissed off. It's easy to stay resentful. It's easy to stay, you know, super locked into a wounded conflict mode. It's harder to choose compassion and say, well, they're, they're just doing the best they can with the tools that they have. They're still doing stuff that little boy or little girl them used to do as a protective measure. We all have protectors. And behind every villain is a story of a victim at one point. So remember compassion, grace, right? We only live one life, y'all. And, you know, Betty White died two years ago, one of the most famous people ever. And you wouldn't have even remembered her if I hadn't bring her up today. My point there is that, you know, after our funeral, if, you know, some people aren't even going to make it because they had stuff come up. I know I'm getting kind of deep here, but you need to hear this. At our funeral, there'll be people that couldn't even make it because you couldn't be bothered or had something come up. There'll be people that during the eulogy or whatever, they'll already be thinking about their to-do list. Once they drive away from the funeral, they're already thinking about tomorrow, things they got to do. And then everyone forgets the next day. And I say that not to be morbid. I say that to say life is way too short to worry about what other people think, to not be yourself, and to stay pissed off and in misery. Life's beautiful, y'all. Life rips. Remember that. Love you all. Hope you enjoyed this. And I'll see you all soon. If you liked what you heard on this episode, ladies, share it with your friends. And if you want to finally escape dieting culture and get body results that make your ex wish he never mistreated you, check out the link for the Revenge Body Metabolic Revamp. You can find that in the show notes. And remember, ladies, you are powerful.